Well, good morning. Um, my name is Chad. My wife and three kids are um, at Pastor Dick's house right across the, the way here watching online. I, I asked them if they could come maybe after the service just to meet everyone and say hi. We have some little ones, our three-year-old. You'd, you'd hear him right now. He'd be distracting quite a lot of you, but um, I said this last time I was here. I love this church, and I love it even more uh, being here this time. In, in many of my experiences in, in church circles, there's a lot of passivity uh, where we just kind of come and sit and receive. First Corinthians 14, 26, uh, Paul encourages the church to come and contribute. And there's already been a lot of contribution from the body uh, this morning and the encouragement of, of mission that, that this is not only an insider's holy huddle or circle that um, you know, no one else is, is invited to. No, this is a, a community that is reaching out uh, into the broader community very intentionally. So kudos. Can we just praise God for all the ways that he is forming this Church, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by by the values that I, that I see in this in this body. So, um, yeah, be be encouraged. Well, I, I believe I shared a little bit last time we were here of some of what we're, we're doing in in Queens. I just wanted to give a brief update. Um, since the last time we were here, uh, God's given us a, a new church in our living room. We're we're doing some house churches. I think sixty percent of Americans. Probably won't walk into a, a typical church service in a in a building, um, and it, I think the number is much greater in New York and especially the, the diverse community we're at in Jackson Heights, Queens. And so we're just we're doing some different ministry and, and doing something similar to what we read in the Book of Hebrews. Um, and so I just want to share a few updates there. We, we also did some training with uh, a gentleman, Narciso, a, a Dominican pastor. And since then, they've got, I think, a dozen or so of their church members out sharing the gospel uh, more intentionally, more faithfully, just like uh, you all are doing here. And um, they, they found a, a house of peace. Remember, Jesus told the, the 12 and the 70 to go look for a person of peace or a house of peace. They found one. Eleven people came to faith all in, in one, one gathering. Um, they, they received Christ. I met this gentleman by the name of Tom. I was on a prayer walk. We weren't even intentionally having conversations, we were just praying for the neighborhood, going two by two, and this guy was walking four dogs, and I just said something like, you know, you got your hands full there, and we, I, I made a comment, just like Barbara made a comment, I have this prayer walk, I just, I just mentioned, we're, we're praying for the neighborhood, you know, is there anything we can do to, to pray for you, I just kind of made that, that passing comment, and he, he jumped into it, Long story short, he's doing a Bible study with me. He's from the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and he and uh, we're, I'm hoping he'll gather some of his friends, some of his family to start a Bible study. I have another friend, Paul Sarju, who is a Hindu um, uh, from Guyana. And just got off the phone to him. I wasn't even trying to, he wanted to call me to talk about something else. And as the conversation went, God just turned the conversation into him wanting me to come over and help him lead a Bible study and gather some of his, his friends and family. And I'm hoping that both of these will turn into to gathering. So God is, is doing a lot. And I know that um, I heard this metaphor recently just to, to keep us humble when God gives us fruit and to, to keep us encouraged when he doesn't. Uh, the metaphor of, of a midwife. When we're um, missionaries, Right? When we see ourselves as Christian disciples who are making disciples, 
we're like a midwife. When God gives us fruit, that baby doesn't belong to us. We didn't create the baby, and we don't, that baby doesn't belong to us. We're, we're just there to help. We're just there to facilitate that that fruit belongs to God. God owns that fruit. So sometimes we can help in some ways, in other ways, sometimes God is, is using others to help. But um, it's, it's exciting to be with all of us um, you know, this morning. And hopefully God will have some things for us to facilitate this week and, uh, and going forward. Um, I wanted to just ask, I haven't been a, a part of all of the discussions for uh, this time during Hebrews. You're at chapter 10, so you've spent some time, you've gone through the whole book, I'm assuming, right? Um, we were at chapter, when were we, six or five, I can't remember the last time. Um, I would just love to hear anything from the book of Hebrews that someone has learned uh, or loved or lived in the last uh, few few weeks or months as you've been a part of it. Something new you've learned from the book of Hebrews or something you already knew maybe, but you've, you've grown to love about the book of Hebrews or verse or passage or truth or something that you've lived some way that you've lived differently because of your time. Does anybody have any any thoughts or anything to share? I'll repeat it for our Zoom viewers. Yes. Yes. The word conscience has stood out and how God works in our consciences. Yeah, that's great. Anything else? Learn, love, or live? The purpose of scripture in the long run is to develop that relationship with God. And there are different ways that God facilitates that, but the, the whole thought of just living out more and more into an ongoing daily relationship with our God. Yes. So the, the importance of an ongoing daily relationship. God. So much of what we see in Hebrews is about that. Yes. Anything else? Yes, you in the corner. That uh, Jesus is our priest. I, I don't think I thought about him as our priest that much. And all, and all that it means to have someone right in God's presence who's our advocate. Yeah. Jesus, our priest, someone who is in God's presence as our advocate. Yeah, and it's interesting. Our image of God, sometimes we, we have different images of God, uh, and some are not that helpful. Maybe a silent judge with his arms folded. You know, sometimes we have different, different images. Well, um, my, my mother-in-law, we call her Mama T. That's her, her grandma name. She has a saying, it sounds like you need to spend some time with Jesus. And whenever, um, you know, we have a question, we do, we're, we're considering God's will, we have some options, we're not sure what to do, we're, we're facing a challenge. All of us here in the room, we're facing something. And if Mama T were here, she would say, it sounds like you need to spend some time with Jesus. Whatever problems you face, whatever challenges you have, I don't know what they all are, but I do think that is a solution. That is a primary solution among among a, a short list of things that would be extremely helpful for you. So I wanna, I wanna write down something called, um, I guess a, an emotion wheel. You could, you could search this, see if I can remember the, the acronym here. Um, my wife was making fun of me. Asadia. it rhymes with quesadilla, it helps me remember. Um, angry, 
Maybe, maybe we're having some emotions where we're feeling angry. Maybe we're feeling sad in the room. Maybe we're afraid of something. There's some kind of fear holding us back. Maybe we, um, we're disturbed. We, we don't like something that's happening. Maybe we're embarrassed about something. Or maybe we feel alone. Uh, these are all kinds of emotions that we, uh, that we experience. So I'm just curious, just to read a few, just to extrapolate uh, and elaborate on these. So we might be offended in this room. Under, this is all kind of synonyms of angry. Indignant, dismayed, bitter, frustrated, aggressive, harassed, bored, or rushed. Is anyone angry in the room about something this morning? I don't see any hands. I bet a lot of us are. There's something in our life that is, maybe we like the word frustration a little better, right? Something frustrating you right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about um, sad? Maybe we're, we're depressed. We're hurt. We're bereft, melancholy, subdued, aggrieved, discouraged. Anybody discouraged or sad about something in the room this morning? Maybe that's what you relate to more. Uh, afraid, we got some synonyms here. Uh, we're apprehensive, maybe stressed, worried. We feel inadequate. We're confused. We feel threatened. We feel helpless about something. Anybody resonate with those? I'll make you raise your hand for all of them because we're, we're 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 all of these things in many ways, right? Uh, we're disturbed about something. Maybe we're skeptical. We're repelled. We're appalled. We're suspicious. We're disgusted. We're, we're dismissive, right? Or maybe we're embarrassed. Uh, we feel disrespected. We feel worthless. We feel guilty about something or sheepish or ashamed or inferior, right? Or maybe we feel alone. We're distant. We're lonely. We're excluded. We're fragile. We feel abandoned. We feel desolate. I'm sure that all of us are feeling multiple of at least one, if not multiple of these things all the time in our lives. And what the author of Hebrews is here to encourage us uh, into a solution, we need to spend some time with Jesus. Because when we do draw near to this advocate who is in God's presence, this great high priest, we realize he is the one who on the cross took God's wrath, that anger, and allowed us to be grateful because of his atonement for us, right? He took our grief, our sadness, and turned it into joy because of his substitute for us. He took the, Jesus was on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Quoting this song that expresses aloneness and so that we could be brought in as family. You see, we were embarrassed. Jesus was embarrassed for us so that we could be honored Right? Jesus experienced this disgusting uh, uh, experience on the cross so that we could be loved and adored. And instead of being afraid, now we can be excited. Right? Jesus is the great, uh, the great priest, the great high priest for us who takes all of our brokenness and sin. He's not afraid of it. He enters into our brokenness and sin as the great high priest. And we can boldly access God, because of who he is and what he's done for us on the cross. So I want to read for us again. It's already been read, but I want to read this passage that invites us to draw near uh, into the presence of God. This is 
Hebrews chapter 10, uh, 19 to 25, if you want to, to read along in, in your Bible. Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. Our subtitle says, uh, The Full Assurance of Faith. Yours might say, A Call to Persevere, or something similar. It says this, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us, right, there are three, let us here. Number one, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Number two, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And three, isn't it nice when Scripture just gives you the three points already? You don't even have to come up with the three points. They're just they're right here. Verse 24, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. If that's not a timely and, and relevant uh, message for us in the, the era of COVID, I know we're all tired of talking about it, it's 2021, whatever, uh, Hurricane Ida, I don't know, was, was Hurricane Ida difficult here for anyone? I know some of our friends, their basements were flooded, and it was terrible. They've lost many things. So here we have encouragement. We have access to God and encouragement to be with the family of God together. So we see here, verse 19, since we have confidence, there are two things, since we have, since we have confidence and since we have a great high priest. This is kind of the 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 beginning, the foundation of, of the rest of his words in this paragraph. Therefore, brothers, so everything preceding in the book of Hebrews culminates into this uh, discussion, this paragraph right here. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places. Remember the holy places, right? We, we didn't have confidence to enter those holy places before Jesus. Do you remember the, the great high priest once a year? Uh, uh, not the great, what just little little G, little great high priest, little high priest, uh, once a year would enter into the Holy of Holies. And remember, they would have a, a rope or something tied. Yes. Yes. And a bell. So if the bell stopped ringing, maybe he did something wrong. And the wrath of God, of a just and righteous God, you've struck him down. And it's time to pull him out of the Holy of Holies. So this is a sobering place to be and the writer of hebrews is saying we have confidence to enter the holy place and what's interesting the holy place isn't in this room the holy place isn't you know attached to uh, the temple of jerusalem or some other specific location we have access all the time jesus is the the new and better the true and better temple, and he's made us little temples, and all of us together are a temple where the presence of God is with us. We have access to God as soon as we wake up, 
throughout the day, as soon as we're experiencing all of the difficulties of life and we have access to God, we lay our heads at night. Wherever we go and wherever we are, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us. See, this is new. This is news. Um, and this is not just news. It's good news. But it is new. You talk to people of other religions, other worldviews. There is, there is not an atoning work on their God. Right? It's always something that we have to do to appease God. But only to Christianity is this news, this, this good news, that there is a living way that has been opened up for us. We don't have to follow the four noble truths and this eightfold path or participate in the five pillars. This is Buddhism and Islam. We don't have to keep a perfect uh, obedience of any law or some set of traditions or rituals. It has been done on our behalf. And so the discussion of this uh, paragraph starts out with good news by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. Remember the curtain in the temple? It was about four inches thick, a very thick curtain. It was torn from top to bottom. This torn curtain, very difficult to tear. Only God can tear it like that, right? Your strongest wrestler or bodybuilder could not, could not do that. Only God tore this 40 foot tall, however tall it was, this giant curtain. The author of Hebrews is saying that's a metaphor for what happened to Jesus. Jesus was like that. His flesh, his body was broken for us, just as Jesus lifted up. Uh, the, the bread and tore it and broke it and said, this is what's going to happen to me for you. I will be broken so that you can be mended, so that you can be made whole. The other Hebrews here is not mincing his, his words through the curtain that is through his flesh. That's the first sense. The second sense. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, since we have a great priest over the house of God, as, as Dick mentioned, we have a God who is priest for us. This is an amazing truth, right? Whatever comes after this sense ought to be pretty good. Since we have confidence and since we have a great high priest, now we have three, three things for us. We have a, a layup of a, of a message this morning. Three points. Let us draw near, let us hold fast, and let us consider. Okay. First, let us draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart. When we come to God, we don't have to pretend. We don't have to act like we're someone else. We can be ourselves. Our head, our heart, our hands. When we see the, this word heart speaking to the whole person of who we are, head, heart, hands, mind, will, emotions. We can be true. We can be ourselves. We can tell God whatever we're experiencing, however, whatever kind of day we've had, month we've had, year we've had, we can, we can be who we are. And God's not intimidated by our sin, by our brokenness. He's perfect. He's righteous. He's holy. But he's made atonement for us so he can be with us and he, we can be with him. So let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance. Uh, we don't have to second guess. We don't have to think, well, maybe God, maybe I've sinned too many times in this area. We don't have to think, maybe, uh, maybe now is not a good time. 
any time, any day, whatever we're going through, whatever difficulty, whatever sin we're facing, in full assurance of faith, he says, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. There's that word conscience again. We keep seeing it. We see it again today. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. We've been cleansed. You know, we don't have to go take a bath before we, a spiritual bath, before we, we have access to God. He's already made us clean. Remember the conversation Peter had with Jesus uh, about being clean? And, and Peter assures him, oh, well, you only need to, uh, to clean your feet from the journey, right? Along the journey, we, uh, we do have some sins that we need to confess. But look, it's not like a prerequisite. Before we, we come in the presence of God, we have to have this confession of sin. He's made it available for us. And of course, when we're in the presence of God, his righteousness and his justness brings out that confession. But we can come. Our hearts have been sprinkled clean. And he will continue to cleanse us along the way. And our bodies washed with pure water. That's probably talking about baptism because we've been baptized physically. And of course, there's a spiritual baptism where our old life is gone and our new life has come. We've been washed with pure water. So let us draw near for all of these reasons and in all these ways. Let's draw near to God. Here, here's a, an example of what maybe drawing near to God might look like. I have a three-year-old named Everett. You'll see him. He's about you know this tall. And somewhere between six and seven in the morning, we hear a little like pitter-patter in, in the room next to us. We hear his door. We hear his two feet hit the ground off of his little bunk bed. And then we hear him open his door, tap, tap, tap. He opens our door, just busts it open. And then he'll just slam it behind him. He doesn't care. He's not trying to be gentle. He's not thinking, oh, maybe we might wake up mom's beauty sleep or dad's got a long day of work ahead or nothing like that. He just barges right in. He slams the door behind him and he jumps up. Guess who he wants to see the most? Mom, mom. He wants to see mom, mom, sometimes, like maybe if mom's in the restroom or something, but, but most of the time he wants to see mom and he just jumps, he just does this and he knows it's time. It's time for my morning snuggle. And I, I can't think of a morning where he misses that snuggle. And this is probably mom, mom's favorite part of the day because this is the only time <laughs> where as a three-year-old, he has something to give, <laughs> not something to just take and ask. Him. Um, but Everett's approach, Everett's attitude, Everett's disposition, his posture to mom and dad, this is what the author of Hebrews is wanting us to have with God, the God of the universe. Because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, we can be like Everett. We can just, anytime, as soon as we wake up, it's time to be with our God. It's time to be with the one who loves us more than we could possibly love him. We love him because he loved us first. But that's just the first encouragement. Let us draw near. The second one is let us hold fast. Let us hold fast. Well, what are we holding fast to? Well, we need to hold fast to the, the confession of our hope. Well, what is the confession of our hope? Um, maybe we have a... You might have a better understanding than me. We could talk about it uh, later after, after the service. I think what's going on here when he says the confession of our hope, I think he's not only saying all the things we believe about 
Christianity, about the Bible, I think he's specifically saying the person and work of Jesus. That's our confession. That's what the book of Hebrews is about, right? That's the centerpiece. Jesus is right in the middle, and there's all these discussions about Jesus like a wheel, and Jesus is at the center, who he is and what he's done. I think we get, he's saying hold fast to who Jesus is and what he's done. Don't forget this gospel of good news that we have access. We have forgiveness. We have a transforming grace that will change us. He says, without wavering, right? Because when we experience all these emotions, anger, sadness, fear, embarrassment, uh, disliking something, or, or, or when we're alone, we, we sometimes drop the gospel. We forget the gospel because life is so difficult sometimes. It just kind of sucks us in, right? It says, for he who promised is faithful. So let's not waver because he who promised us, he doesn't waver. We shouldn't waver because he, he's never going to waver. I've got a little story about this. I don't know if anyone can relate. I, Tennessee was our first home. We lived in Connecticut for about 10 years and New York for about two. Uh, but in Tennessee, there's this place, there's an Ocoee River where we went whitewater rafting sometimes. And me and some friends, we would always go camping every other weekend. We would just go tent camping, go hiking. So one day we got a little close to the whitewater rapids. I don't know. It was, some, it was a lot of testosterone and silliness. And somebody fell in. And <clears throat> me thinking the superhero that I am to save the situation, I thought, oh, well, I'll just, I'll reach in my hand. And I think you know where this is headed. I'll reach in my hand. I'll pull this person out. And so I got a really really firm stance like i really put planted my my feet down got a good you know i because I, I don't want to fall in i know it's possible i know it's it's likely that i could fall in it's kind of slippery so i really tried my best to get a good stance and i reached in and we all know what, what happened he pulled me in because the current the rapids his body weight i think he was a bigger guy than me um I should have seen this coming, right? But I thought, I thought I could do it. I thought I could handle it. I didn't hold fast, right? Another guy saw my, my error. Now there's two people in the, in the rapids. <laughs> so he looks around. He sees a branch, a nice thick branch that's, that's close to the water. So he walks over about 10 feet. He grabs onto this, uh, this branch. He's got a nice, he's holding fast. He's got a good grip. He goes out to the edge. And he looks really confident. He's not even worried. He reaches in. We all kind of swim over to him. He pulls us out like it's no problem. One at a time. He didn't even bust a sweat. Right? I think the author of Hebrews here is saying, let us hold fast to who Jesus is and what he's done. The person and work of Jesus. The confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. I think we need to remind ourselves of the gospel every day. Every morning, every situation, we just need to hear it again and again and again. We are far, we were far from God. We were set, set apart from him because of our sin. He didn't run away from us. We ran away from him, but he pursued us. And on the cross, Jesus just lived the perfect life that none of us could live. He died the death. We all deserve to die so that we could be with him forever. And all that is broken, all that is lost, he is in the process of making new and restoring and will for forever for all eternity will continually be healed and made more godly and made more christ-like for all eternity we need that message in every kind of nook and cranny and facet 
all the time. We need to hold fast because life is going to suck us down and keep us under if we don't hold fast. And the last consider that we see here. Let us consider how to do what? How to stir up one another to love and good works. How to stir up one another to love and good works. We need some stirring up. We need some encouragement. If we don't stir each other up, we all tend to just kind of being separate, being distant. It's just easier, you know? It takes work to be with people. It takes work to open up your home and have someone over. It takes an effort to uh, increase the, the conversation with someone that you meet, uh, uh, some of the conversations that, that you all were, were sharing, to exchange numbers, to advance the relationship, to take the next step. It takes work. We have to stir it up in each other. We have to provoke it is another word uh, you, might, you might have. How to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. All right, whenever we experience difficulty, there's just there's a real temptation to go inward. But we need to resist that temptation and we need to go outward. We need to stay together as a family on mission. That's the only thing that can save us sometimes from ourselves and retreating inwardly but encouraging one another. And it says, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Life is short. Our days are numbered. We don't know how numbered they are, but the second coming is coming. And the end of our life is coming. We don't know when it will be. We will be judged one day. And thanks be to God, we have a great high priest who can help us stand in the judgment. He is the only way that we could stand. And yet we do have a God who will judge us, and there will be this, this judgment day, and all the, all the more as you see this day drawing near, it is coming near. So here's what I wanted to do. I know we've already done it. Uh, I just want to do it a little more. Um, I thought it would be helpful for us to break up into groups. So I, we had the same idea. Um, so let's consider the, the, three group, the three or so groups that we just broke into before. Maybe we can break into those again. I'm going to give us a few ideas. <clears throat> Here are some ways maybe to, to draw near to God. Um, and, and, and I want us to brainstorm maybe some others. Maybe you need a stop doing list. Maybe you're so busy. You've got so much going on. You need to make a list of things to stop doing, to make time to spend with God or to spend time with others. And are we all familiar with the, the hexagon? Life shape, the prayer? Do we know what that is, Noah? Okay. Yeah, so this is just looking at the six parts of the Lord's Prayer and, and looking at each of those phrases that we see in the Lord's Prayer and breaking it down at the Father's character, the Father's uh, kingdom, the Father's provision, the Father's forgiveness, the Father's guidance, and the Father's protection. Just praying through that hexagon, just praying through the, the pattern and the framework of the Lord's Prayer. Maybe that's a tool that could be helpful for us. Maybe prayer for enemies would be good. And you know, anyone that has frustrated you, anyone that has disappointed you, anyone that's let you down, anyone that you just expected more out of, or whatever, anyone who's wounded you, said something hurtful. In some ways, they're an enemy that we need to pray for. We need to love and appreciate. Maybe that, that is keeping us from meeting with one another. Maybe that's keeping us from...
from uh, beat. Maybe that's what God has for us. He's waiting on us to deal with this uh, as we're in his presence. Um, yeah, let's just, let's just stop with that right there. And can we just spend a few minutes? I'll set a timer. I think five minutes sounds okay if we got enough time. Do we have time for five minutes? Maybe. Okay, maybe not. Okay, we got – well, let's do, let's do three minutes. It'll be real, real fast, okay? And let's just help us brainstorm. Turn around and chat with somebody next to you, and let's brainstorm ways that we can draw near to God and draw near to other, others. And let's be very practical. Let's talk about our lives, our situations, this church, not just in theory, but us in the room, okay? Can we do that? All right, segue. Let's break. Okay, feel free to unmute yourself and discuss. Unmute yourself for discussion. Thank you, Tony. So I have the three points in of uh, our speaker in my mind. One is uh, stop making lists. I guess for me, it's a uh, stop or slow down in being involved with stuff. <laughs> involved with so many pieces of life. Life is complicated. Maybe sometime we need to take a break of that. The second is the hexagon. I think he was thinking of the prayer of Jesus, which can be put in six different pieces. And to, you know, go from the, my lists to the prayers and to focus on what Jesus was focusing on. <laughs> God's name, his kingdom, and his will. And the last one, uh, pray for our enemies. I don't have a lot of enemies, but I certainly have a long list of people who are bugging me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should pray for them. <laughs> Anybody else? We don't have many enemies, but I'm praying about how to approach a couple of our neighbors. Yeah. I've been asking the Lord to show me how to show them the Lord. Yeah. And uh, little by little, things come. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, John, I have a neighbor who is very noisy. Who's a what? He he's very noisy, makes a lot of noise. Oh yeah. Yeah, his car. He has a car with a muffler, which makes a lot of noise. Oh, we have a neighbor like that too. 
it's an, and it's an older away. car, and every Saturday he runs it for at least an hour. Yeah. The whole, the whole block knows. Okay, that was a very fast three minutes. That's How do we break for those people? Huh? Okay, we're back. Unmute yourself. All right. I wonder if we could have just uh, two or three people share. What what were some ideas we came came up with? How can we draw near to God this week? How can we draw near to others this week? What were some ideas? Yes. You like to what? I like to call people. Okay. Yes. That's great. Call people, encourage them on a on their birthday or an occasion like that. Okay, great. How else? I can't. Somebody's talking. That's great. Yes, that's wonderful. So sometimes there's conflict with, with someone and, and the distance separation happens and to take the initiative to bring that back together. That's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's and profound. For me, it was too much TV. Yeah. Too much TV. I don't think totally important, but I also don't. Yeah. That's right. There's a balance. Yeah, that's great. Yes. I think to be very being very specific with ways to, to help. Instead of saying, how can I help? Be specific. Assume. Sometimes you just help. You, just, you guess and you do something. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's be doers of the word this week and not just hearers only, right? Let's do what the author of Hebrews is encouraging us to do and what God is commanding us as the church to do. I'll leave you with this, this metaphor. Um, you know, the, like a cascading fountain. Have you, have you ever seen one of these where there's little chambers, and once the top one fills up, and the second one fills up, and then it spills out over into the third, and then it spills out over into the fourth. I think this is, this is our life, and our relationship with God is that top chamber. And when it gets dry, everything else gets dry. When we stop drawing near to God, the rest of our life tends to dry up. But if God is filling it up, it spills out, and then we, have, we begin to have vibrant relationships 
with other believers and other Christians. And there's a lot of encouragement. And that tends to spill out into missional living, missional experiences, just conversations with those outside the church. And so I just encourage us to go back to the well. Whenever the well starts to go dry, we've got to fill up that well. We can't do it. We just have to put our bucket under the waterfall and, uh, and let Jesus fill it up. So let's continue to meditate and, uh, and, and worship as we think and respond to these things.